I'm producer Rob of Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lentz, reminding you that this is a listener-supported ministry, and we're really hoping you would consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with the -the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry, which reaches a lot of people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for at least $10 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. Now, I'm really excited about this. In fact, we all are. As a thank you, we'll send you more content from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. You will have quick access to our daily episodes. You can watch videos of Pastor Michael's most recent Sunday sermons and access to our bonus podcast and video series, A Step Closer. This month's series is called An Invitation to Intimacy, a look at intimacy in marriage through the Song of Solomon. Check this out. That's how I showed my anger. Mm. Not in words, but in, you can't have me. Mm -hmm. And that obviously took a toll in our relationship. Even for me, in a church that didn't shy away from it, it wasn't talked about a ton, but I remember getting married and my wife and I being like, this is weird. Like, so it's good now, I guess. (laughs) There was infidelity. Just a lot of financial issues, you know, all those things that make the top list of, of yes. why a marriage is hard. The Lord's given us all things to enjoy, yeah. the scriptures say, and freedom is a big word yeah. as a Christian. Yeah. And unfortunately, what's happened in the church is that the church has not always sent a message that we're supposed to enjoy life and be free. Yeah. We've put a lot of unnecessary weights on people. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there aren't boundaries and there's right. things that God wants done a certain way, but there's also freedoms that we can enjoy pleasure in life. <laughs> yes. All this and more is available to you as a thank you for becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Please visit walkintruth.com and click donate today. That's walkintruth.com, click donate. Walkintruth.com, click donate. Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 15, called Jesus Tasted Death for Everyone. We're in Hebrews 2 tonight, Jesus Tasted Death for Everyone. We're going to read beginning in Hebrews 2, verse 5. So if you're able to stand with me, stand for the reading of God's word. Hebrews 2, 5, Jesus Tasted Death for Everyone. And here's what the writer says. He did not subject to angels, Hebrews 2, 5, the world to come, concerning which we are speaking. But one has testified somewhere, saying, Hebrews 2, 6, what is man that you remember him or the son of man that you are concerned about him? You've made him for a little while lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor and have appointed him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subjected to him. But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Skip down to verse 14. 
Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who held the power, who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who, li- who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives. Father, what a powerful text. And I pray that as we divide it and we receive it, our ears would be open to what the Spirit would say to your people in this hour. Give us ears to hear. Help us to not only hear but act upon your word and to also bask in the beauty of it. May it reassure our hearts as well. And may you bless the time. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. You can have a seat. By God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. G.K. Chesterton put it this way. He said, whatever is or is not true about men, this one thing is certain. Man is not what he was meant to be. When I originally preached this uh, sermon in Hebrews chapter 2, it was 2009, and I watched an interview. Barbara Walters was interviewing Patrick Swayze. Now, if you're as old as I am, there's a couple of uh, kind of staple movies that Patrick Swayze was in, and uh, there, are, there are movies that I've watched probably multiple times. One movie is the movie Ghost. How many of you have seen the movie Ghost? Okay. Now, the movie Ghost is certainly not theologically correct. Uh, after all, Patrick Swayze's living with his girlfriend and all of that stuff, and and basically, he's painted as a good guy, so he ends up going into the light, and the bad guys go into the darkness. And they're pulled into the darkness by some uh, Hollywood creation of these creatures that come up from the ground. And they grab people, and ah! people go into the abyss. And it's, uh, for its time, it was some, some great cinematic uh, movie making. But this interview that took place uh, was with a 56-year-old actor who was battling pancreatic cancer. And uh, I was a little surprised when I saw the interview, and I can't believe that it was 13-plus years ago now, but uh, he looked gaunt. Uh, If you know anything about Patrick Swayze, he was always fit. Uh, In one of the movies, Point Break, you know, he's a surfer, and, uh, you know, he's in dance movies, and he's, you know... A good-looking, I think he was on the cover of many magazines back in the day. And then you look at Patrick Swayze and you go, wow, what's going on? And you find out that he has pancreatic cancer. It's a terminal diagnosis. And so um, Barbara Walters begins to ask him about what's going on. And he says, you can bet that I'm going through hell the 56-year-old actor said in his first interview on the subject. He said, I've only seen the beginning of it. There's a lot of fear here. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I'm scared, and I'm angry, and I'm asking why me? The actor told the veteran interviewer, Barbara Walters, who, by the way, uh, just passed away in December of last year, as many of you know. And so um, she began to ask questions about the possibility of an afterlife to actor Patrick Swayze, you know, in this interview. And he said these words, I don't know what's on the other side. It tests everything I believe in. And there's something unique in all of us that does not, does not die. He apparently believes in a soul. And he talked about the tangible fact of electrical energy in the interview. 
He went on to say, I like to believe I have a lot of guardian warriors, angels with me. I'm trying to be quiet and let them tell me what to do. When asked if he feared death, Swayze looked thoughtfully for a moment before answering no. But he added, I keep dreaming of a future, a future with a long, healthy life, not lived in the shadow of cancer, but in the light. The interview ended showing the scene from Ghost of him into the light he went. He said these famous words, they played the clip. It's amazing, Molly. The love on the inside, you take it with you. He said, it got me. It was a good line. That's all you can take with you. And I think it validated that one thing for all of us, that the only thing you can really take with you when you die is the love you have. Barbara Walters then said, "Uh, I'll be back to do an interview with you in a couple of years, right? Swayze replied, I'm up for that. I'll be there. Or maybe I won't. That was uh, an interview that took place, as I recollect, in January of 2009. And Swayze, unfortunately, passed away in September of that same year. Um, This is the dilemma, is it not, of mankind, the reality of death. Yesterday, we opened up this uh, sanctuary to a family that had lost uh, a young lady named Jessica Swanson, and she passed away. Uh, I believe she was 37 years old. She served uh, as an L.A. sheriff. She did a lot of amazing things. She was in the Special Victims Crime Unit. Uh, really an amazing young lady. And she was also diagnosed with cancer and, and uh, was in remission. And then it came back with a fury, and things quickly went downhill, and she passed away. Uh, just recently as well. And of course, this issue hits people inside the church, outside the church. It is one event for all. That's what the writer of Ecclesiastes said. This is one thing that you can take to the bank that we are mortal. And of course, we know the Bible teaches that one generation will not see physical death. And that will be at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when a group of people will be changed instantaneously from mortal to immortal, but that'll be one generation. We don't know if that were that generation or not, but save that generation and a few exceptions through biblical history. It's appointed unto a man once to die. This is in the same book of Hebrews, chapter nine, verse 27, and then comes the judgment. So the question with this particular topic is why did the writer bring it up in this book of Hebrews? Why is it that he is addressing this subject? Well, the reason is, is because this Hebrew church is basically going through a tough time. They haven't been persecuted to the point of death. We see this in Hebrews chapter 12. But it's getting harder and harder to be a Christian in their world. In first century, most likely first century Rome, a group of Jewish Christians, probably in a house church, and persecution has begun to rage. People are losing property. They're being, you know, uh, kicked out of different places and threatened. And the writer of Hebrews is being very pastoral, telling them basically to hold on through the tough times. So he says in verse five, he, God, did not subject to angels the world to come. The, the word subject is hupotasso in Greek. It's the common word for submission. It means, it's a military word that means to uh, line up in ranks, And the world to come, and 
Verses one through four in chapter two, if you were with us last week, we talk about the, the danger of drifting. Many scholars see that as a parenthesis, verses one through four, chapter two. And the subject of angels is picked up from chapter one, verse 14. If you take a look for a second, it says, and are they not all ministering spirits, that is angels, sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Then the parentheses in those first four verses, chapter two, and then verse five, he did not subject to angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking. Why does the writer go to the subject of angels? And why is he talking about the rulership of the world to come? I think for this reason, to encourage them. Because as as bad as it may get, as a believer. Now, in the West, in America, we've, we've had a pretty privileged position. You know, we have had a nation largely saying that it was Christian or based upon Christian values. And it was, you know, you were pretty mainstream to be a Christian, but you all know that the numbers now are shifting the other way. Uh, the biblical worldview is losing ground. The moral beauty of the Bible is losing its place in our country. Someone told me the other day on TikTok, if you get on TikTok, you will see a good percentage of the content on TikTok attacking the traditional biblical worldview. So you guys need to know this as parents and grandparents, that this is what much of the content is about. It's about undermining what the Bible teaches about life and about values and so the writer is saying, look, the, the, the rulership of the world to come, it being subject, uh, is not to angels concerning which we are speaking. Well, then the world to come, who is it subject to? We know that angels obviously have played a big role in both Old and New Testament. We can see battles between angels in Daniel chapter 10. We see the fallen angel of fallen angels, Lucifer himself tempting Jesus in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 and saying you can have the crown without the cross. I'll give you all the nations of the world if you bow down to me. We know there is spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6, between principalities and powers. And we know there are dark forces in spiritual places. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. Our next series has to do with our recently broadcast of the Song of Solomon, talking about relationships. And I think if you're a spouse and just one of you or both of you are going through having shame from not doing it God's way, um, that you need to work on that together, not separately, not one spouse who's having the problem going to get the help that they need. But I think together they need to navigate this. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com or you can subscribe and follow Walk In Truth on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. That's Walk In Truth's A Step Closer on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. 
So you guys need to know this as parents and grandparents that this is what much of the content is about. It's about undermining what the Bible teaches about life and about values. And so the writer is saying, look, the, the, the rulership of the world to come, it being subject, uh, is not to angels concerning which we are speaking. Well, then the world to come, who is it subject to? We know that angels obviously have played a big role in both Old and New Testament. We can see battles between angels in Daniel chapter 10. We see the fallen angel of fallen angels, Lucifer himself tempting Jesus in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 and saying you can have the crown without the cross. I'll give you all the nations of the world if you bow down to me. We know there is spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6, between principalities and powers. And we know there are dark forces in spiritual places. So we would think that, well, maybe in the world to come, some of the the biggest rulers of all may be angels. And we know a few names. We know Michael and we know Gabriel. And we've learned a little bit about Lucifer. And so what are we to make of the world to come? Well, the writer is saying that the world to come is actually going to be ruled by Christ. But we are going to be what? Co-heirs with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.2 says, Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? 1 Corinthians 6.2 And if the world is judged by you, are you not competent in the smallest law courts or to constitute the smallest law courts? In Matthew 19, Jesus said these words, Truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration or renewal of all things, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, Matthew 19, 28, you also shall sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters, father or mother or children or farms for my namesake shall receive many times as much and shall inherit eternal life. Second Timothy 2.12 says, we, If we endure, we shall reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. Revelation 1.6 says, He has made us to be a kingdom, priests, kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And then Revelation 2 says in verse 26, he who overcomes and he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. Revelation 2.26, he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces as I also have received authority from my father. The future world will be ruled by the son of God and those who have been faithful to the son of God. Revelation 3.21 has it this way. He who overcomes, I will grant him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 5.10 says, Thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God and they will reign upon the earth. Revelation 5 verse 10. All of these scriptures mean one thing, that the life to come is beyond what we could imagine. We are going to rule and reign with Christ. And in light of the current circumstances of this little Jewish church teetering on the brink, tempted to drift away because of problems. 
Look, none of us want persecution. None of us want to be disliked. None of us want pain or difficulty. We would all prefer smooth sailing in this world. But Jesus put it this way, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You probably didn't hang that verse on your refrigerator this morning to encourage your walk, I know. But Paul said it's a guarantee, and he said it to Timothy. So I I believe the writer is, is trying to encourage this early church to hang on because their future is so bright. And I want you to apply it to yourself. Whatever you may be going through, whatever the moment may throw your way, hang on because your future is bright. Now, there's much more here, but I think that's the first point. Now, one has testified, verse 6, somewhere, and it's not like the writer of Hebrews doesn't know where this is because he's about to quote it, and this is actually Psalm chapter 8. He says, What is man that thou rememberest him, or the son of man that thou art concerned about him, or that you care for him? In Psalm 8, David looked up at the stars. He began the psalm with these words, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've displayed your splendor in the heavens. And then he said famously these words. This is Psalm 8, 3 and 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? David looked up at the stars. He realized all God had done in his life. And seeing how huge God is, seeing how big his universe is, seeing how powerful he is, David asked the logical question, because I think when we all look up and we look through some of those telescopes and we see some of the pictures from the Hubble telescope and we see pictures from, you know, space back to the earth and we see what we live on, let alone the rest of the universe and the size of stars and the size of the sun and then other stars that astronomers talk about and what scientists call an expanding universe much of which we will probably never even begin to explore. What is man? Do you, do you ever look up and feel kind of small? Have you ever gone up to the mountains and, and seen the visible stars up there? And it's pretty overwhelming because we don't get that much here in our state, right? And, and you, you see the incredible majesty of what the Bible's talking about, about this God who knows every star and names them all. What is man? Why do you even think about man? Why do you care for him? I think that's a a good question to ask. And the answer to that question is that man, mankind is made in God's image. The, The one being that God said he made in his image is mankind. As much as I love animals, especially dogs, because I've told you in the past, all dogs are Christians. You guys know that, right? I've told you cats are definitely in question. They they tend to drift. I don't know what it is. But anyway, (laughs) but here's the point. You and I have been made in God's image. Now you might ask, well, what does that mean? It means that we have the ability to reason. But I think most of this has to do with our ability to connect with God and worship. You've been listening to Jesus Tasted Death for Everyone, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Hebrews, Chapter 2, 
verses 5 through 15. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. And could you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening on podcast. Please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. You know, sometimes this world can make us feel small, insignificant, and then sometimes we, we think about the Bible and God and how big he is and maybe we can even feel uh, like he doesn't know who we are. But he tasted death for you, my friend, for all of us. He so loved you. Paul made it personal. He loved me and gave himself up for me. Galatians 2.20. And you say, well, that's Paul. But remember who Paul was. He was Saul, persecutor of the church, hated the Christian church. And the Lord redeemed him. And Paul said he died for me. He loved me and died for me. Well, when did when did Jesus love Saul? After he became a Christian? No. After he was he had fully arrived and you know gotten everything together in terms of his walk with the Lord? No. He loved him from the foundation of the earth. He loved you before you ever existed. You say, well, how could I say that? Because God knows everything. He knew when you would be born. He knew your name. He knows your name. You are not insignificant in his kingdom. In fact, he so loved you, he took the bitter pill of God's wrath at the cross, tasting death for you. And I know sometimes it's hard to make the you personal, but it is you, my friend. You. He loves you. So you say, well, what do I do with that? How do I respond to that love? You simply say, thank you, Lord, and you love him back. We love him because he first loved us. You know, another way to experience God's love is in community. And we're moving into a weekend where we all have a chance to decide what we're going to do with the uh, basically 48 hours that we have Saturday and Sunday. And can I ask you, are you going to be in fellowship? Is that your plan? Are you going to be serving the Lord in a local fellowship. Now, if you don't have one and you live near the Inland Empire, I have the privilege of being the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. We do three services on Sundays. I typically teach the two morning services, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. We are going through the incredible gospel of Matthew, the gospel of the kingdom. Man, it's been so good. 8.30, 10.30 a.m., 1 p.m. Spanish service, you can find out information, driving directions, uh, what's available for the kids, how you can connect with the live stream if you're out of the area. When you go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab or the YouTube tab, uh, whatever might apply to you, and make sure you're connected with the body of Christ if at all possible this weekend. If you're not shut in or on vacation or something like that, man, be part of the body. Nothing like it. I pray you have a great weekend and the Lord will bless you and keep you and shine upon you with his goodness and grace and peace until we meet again next time. God bless. And as always, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. If you're a longtime listener, please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner. Your contribution helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with some of the behind-the-scenes work for this ministry. 
please consider becoming a Walk in Truth partner for just $5 a month and visit walkintruth.com to give. That's walkintruth.com. And join us Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Hebrews chapter 2, 5 through 15, called Jesus Tasted Death for Everyone. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.